Hey, I'm Peter Medlin, and you are listening to Teacher's Lounge. And if this is your first time hearing the show, it's a simple idea. We've all had teachers in our lives who helped shape who we are, and we want to hear about the educators who've inspired you and the educators in your community who you think deserve a spotlight. Every educator we have on this podcast, whether a teacher, coach, or professor, is nominated by the folks who listen. So please do be a part of this show and tell us about the person who comes to your mind. Email us with your nominations and story ideas at teacherslounge at niu.edu. And I say all of that to say that this episode's going to be a bit different. Today on the show, we're not talking to any teachers. We're talking to students. We've got a conversation with two DeKalb students about their experience learning during the pandemic. Destiny Hudson was in fifth grade when COVID-19 shut down schools back in 2020. And now she's finishing up seventh grade. She's going to be in eighth grade in a few weeks. Devin Snow was a sophomore when it all went down. And now he's graduating high school really soon. They've both been through this weird learning experience, but at very different points in their education journey. And so we talked about the challenges, silver linings, the teachers that made a big difference, and so, so much more. Before we jump into that conversation, a few other stories. We're sorry that there isn't a typical teacher interview in this episode, but how about some students that maybe want to become teachers? As more and more schools struggle to find teachers, the Future Teacher Conference brought in hundreds of high schoolers who might be interested in a career in education. Westerra High School senior LaDonna Dawkins spent this year helping in a first grade class, even making her own lesson plans. So when she observed a middle school science activity during a breakout session, her first thought was, how can I use this with my elementary students? I'm going to go home and I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to attempt to recreate it. I'm going to put my own spin on it, maybe throw some glitter in there so it explodes. Who knows? The Northern Illinois University event was another reminder that teaching is what she wants to pursue. That's a moment conference organizers want to create for more students. Nationally, fewer students are going into teacher prep programs, and that's why NIU partnered with Wabonzi Community College for the conference to promote alternate pathways into the classroom. Samanak High School senior T.J. Edelman was another student at the conference, and he wants to be a kindergarten teacher and has spent his year helping teach in the same classroom that he once learned in, and he's seen that teaching can be a bit overwhelming sometimes. You have to have an amount of patience, an amount of character. you got to have that balance, and for some reason, it's hard to get people to do that. Right now, he's not sure if he wants to go right into a four-year school or transfer from a community college. But either way, he says the conference really helped him hone in on what credentials and certificates he's going to need to be a teacher. And for our next story, speaking of Samak, it is really hard to be a small school district. I mean, limited resources, staff shortages, but two rural northern Illinois districts think they have a solution that makes both of their lives a bit easier consolidation. It's hard for smaller rural schools to recruit and retain teachers. In Samanak, between hiring challenges and early retirements during the pandemic, they find themselves short, a high school science teacher. Mike Short is the president of the Samanak School Board, and he says that's a big deal, especially when those classes are supposed to include hands-on lab work. We're able to provide the students a, an online curriculum for these science classes, but doing a science experiment virtually where you click with your mouse and move this beaker to that beaker and pour this vial into that one and watch the reaction happen on a computer screen in an animated drawing, it's nowhere near the same. 
And Leland, they can't currently offer any AP classes to get students to jumpstart on college credit. But Short and Leland School Board President Claire Anderson say those are just a few challenges they could solve through a formal partnership. It's rare for school districts to reorganize, whether it be consolidation, annexation, or deactivation. It hasn't happened in the state at all in three years, since two other northern Illinois rural schools, Paw Paw and Indian Creek, joined forces by deactivating Paw Paw's high school. Those schools were already working together before their official alliance, and the same is true with Samanak and Leland. Claire Anderson says they have a long history of collaboration dating back decades. I, as a Leland High School student, went over for physics 25 years ago. It's not a new function for us. Over the past few years, that relationship has only grown. Since 2019, they've also had a sports cooperative. That same year, the districts launched a formal study to see if something like consolidation could make a difference for their students. Since then, their study and committees say coming together could address each district's challenges like AP classes, they say it could also allow both districts to offer all-day pre-K, bring in-house special ed to Leland, and consistent JV sports teams to Samanak. In some consolidation cases, one or both schools are seeing declining enrollment. Short says that's not the case here, and that both districts are in a good financial place. Both districts are able to approach it from a position of strength. Nobody is losing dozens of students a year and declining enrollment. Nobody's hemorrhaging money or buried in debt. Claire Anderson at Leland says it's about long-term stability. State funding might be somewhat reliable now, but the pandemic and budget impasse taught them how to plan for volatility. They project over a million dollars in financial benefits and a small decrease in property tax. There's going to be quick gains that we get, but in 10 years, in 20 years, what kind of district can we be proud of that we're offering excellent student life and academics and still being really tax savvy with our taxpayers. So what would consolidation actually look like? All of the buildings would still be in use to keep class sizes small. Samanak students would take a 10-minute drive to Leland for second through fifth grades. Then Leland students would ride to Samanak for sixth through high school. Transportation is one of the biggest concerns residents have raised. Short says he understands, but believes the schedule change is worth it. The other common question is about teachers. And Short and Anderson are adamant that no teachers or staff will lose their jobs if the consolidation goes through. Another question is just about the communities. How can they retain the legacy of both schools while building something new together? The shared history helps, and they've got a plan to keep both sports mascots. The middle school teams will retain Leland's Panthers, and the high school will use Samanak's Bobcat. It helps that they're both cats. The towns will vote in June on whether to approve the consolidation. Both Short and Anderson say... They're confident residents will see the benefits. Their committee has been holding community meetings through the process and will continue up to the election. All right, now it's time for our student roundtable conversation, our student state of the union, if you will, with middle schooler Destiny Hudson and soon-to-be high school graduate Devin Snow. What are the words that come to your mind when you think of what the last two years have been like for you? I would just say more understanding. I feel like teachers are a lot better at communicating with the students now that they have to do everything virtual. So it just naturally comes about that when students have things that come up, teachers will understand that a little more than they did before the pandemic happened. So the thing that sticks out is that the communication is actually better now yeah, than it was sure. before. Is that something, do you agree with that? Yeah, I agree. I think that then, I was gonna say challenging, um, then it was more challenging to like 
show how you feel and what you're going through through the computer. Wow, if you're in class, you're overwhelmed with something, they can see that. Yeah. And you couldn't really see that online, so. Right. How long were the both of you learning, like, at least partially from home, whether it be fully remote or in a hybrid? Mine was up until, like, the very end of sixth grade. Okay. So all the way up to the end of yeah. last year, right? Yeah. And what about you? Mine was from the initial lockdown until, or throughout all of last year. So we just went back to fully, like, in person this, uh, this fall. This fall. And so, like, when all of this started back in March of 2020, you were in fifth grade? Yeah. And now you're, you're almost going to be <laughs> in eighth grade. I mean, it's weird that it feels like both... It's been a lifetime and a half, but also in the blink of an eye, you're like almost in high school now and you were in fifth grade when all this started. It's kind of jarring. And for you, I mean, I have to imagine that it kind of feels like you missed out on a lot of high school, right? Yeah, for sure. I feel like a lot of like the memories I normally would have, like going to prom for the first time, yeah. taking the SAT with all my classmates, all that kind that of... That was like, a memory you were looking forward to? Well, not necessarily. <laughs> I wouldn't say looking forward no, to. No, but just a, something, yeah. a part of the experience, yeah. Yeah, it was just... I missed out on a lot of things. The school definitely tried their best to like make sure that we didn't completely lose it, mm -hmm. but it wouldn't. It really wouldn't be the same. Right. There's no way to completely yeah. replicate it. Yeah. And like the actual remote learning that you guys ended up doing, you said that one of the words that described the experience was like challenge. Yeah. And in sixth grade, it was really difficult because I played the trumpet. And so I had to learn my instrument online. Um, and then I wasn't used to having like five different teachers. And so I was adjusting to them giving me work and not mixing it up from different classes. Right. And then having like a deadline and not being able to redo stuff. I think the school made it like easier. There was counselors here to talk to you. They made it known. But I do think it was more difficult than I accept expected it to be. Did you guys feel like there was enough access to those type of mental health resources if you needed them, that they were there and you knew about them? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. At the high school, um, so we had a program that was called SEL lessons. So every Thursday, I believe, um, we would take one period out of the day and just talk about the whole acronym stands for social, social emotional learning. And so it's just like a lesson on like different like coping mechanisms and that type of thing. Because they, they realize that like being stuck at home for an entire year is not really the best situation to be in and definitely impacts your mental health. So they made sure that they were reaching out to us and letting us know that we were understanding that they were there for us. Were there like extracurricular clubs or sports or things like that that you guys either missed out on or were different than it could have been? I, I know you said you're in Trump, yeah. you did trumpet. You, st you just started yeah. uh, like during this full year of COVID, right? Pretty much, yeah. So you, you were at home like a majority of the time, right? Yeah. Did you have like in-person concerts or anything? Um, yeah, we did. We had to find a uh, concert online and then record ourselves. And then they kind of all banded it together for like the kids that were online and the kids that were in person and like put the videos together and made like a cool concert. Oh, how did that go? It was great. It was really good. Um, we now play it now in person. We play it as a memory looking back. And I think it's really cool to do that. But I think it was really difficult to learn that concert by myself and not knowing how to hold the instrument and things as such. Yeah, I can <laughs> imagine it. So you were starting completely like from scratch yeah. learning the trumpet at home? Yeah. Are there any parts about your experience learning during the pandemic that you just think that more people should talk about? Or you're like, I don't think that this is represented quite right. I don't think that they quite understand what this has been like. 
when it comes down to that, and I think I'm still stuck on like social. Yeah. I think I've never really been at home by myself. Like I was, I had family home, you know, that was with me also quarantining and just being in the house. But I have never really not, you have family members to talk to, but it's not the same. Um, yeah. I think I'm, I, I had this one friend that we spoke to and my friend, she didn't have a phone. Like, so we didn't get to like text or call each other over that. And so it was really weird. I was by myself pretty much. Like I was with my family members, but I didn't really get to have kids my age around me talking to me. And I thought, um, then I thought that I was the only one going through these emotions and experiencing all this work piling up and like, I didn't really feel good about it. And then when I got to school and kids started talking about it, I realized I wasn't the only one going through it. So I don't think people understand how much um, pressure it put on you and how you have to hold yourself accountable. I'd say the biggest thing that I see people talking about that I don't really agree with is the whole movement to go fully back in person. Because um, I did, I really did not like remote learning. That's not my favorite thing at all. But with the whole pandemic going on, I feel like a lot of parents miss, um, they didn't really understand the students' views on COVID. Because at least with a lot of my friends, they were a lot more nervous about like the dangers of COVID, especially when it's like really new, and there wasn't a lot of research done about like the like how it can spread and stuff. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of parents kind of just skipped past that and like their students' views on it, and just pushed their own views of like seeing their kids like some like struggling in right. the um, in their classes and stuff. And then thinking that they need to go in right away. Like, there's the two sides of the story that I don't think will get represented fairly. Yeah. Well, like people, like, again, like, you'll see a lot of parents that had really, really strong opinions about that and about masks specifically. Yeah. Did you guys find that that was even, like, really an issue that students really cared about one way or another? Not really. There was, there was like, two or three people maybe, like, out of all of my classes that were, like, Oh, I love wearing masks. Like we should like require them every single day of like every single day of the year. And then people that were like, "Oh, I hate them." Like literally like take them off. Like there were no strong opinions like that. Yeah. So, I everyone for the most part just kind of accepted that for whatever time period it is, you should wear a mask based on like how much of a risk it is. Yeah. Like at the beginning of the pandemic, everyone was wearing a mask cuz right. like no one knew how like how much of a deal it was yeah. because less testing but then as we went on it's starting to die down a little bit at least in DeKalb so more people are wearing or are choosing not to wear masks it's still like a healthy mix so yeah I mean like with 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 kids your age Destiny did you feel like people really like did it bother them to wear it were people like trying to take them off constantly or did they just really not care that much? I didn't think people really cared. I think when we came to school, um, it was a challenge to like keep them up. Right. I think some, a lot fault, a lot of masks fell down, a lot of masks, kids just want to talk with the down, kids eating. <laughs> yeah. Like I didn't think people A lot of really, noses sticking out. Exactly. I don't think it was really like a big deal. Do you feel like you are, you know, either academically or whatever, do you feel like it's possible that you're behind where you could have been or do you feel like maybe that's not a big deal either? I feel like it's a pandemic. You're going to be stuck at home. Right. You're, there's going to be losses. Sure. But it's up to the person that's learning right. to take responsibility of how much they're losing. Yeah. So I don't feel like it was just this entire, like, widespread, everyone is just 
like suffering. You don't feel like I learned nothing over the yeah, last right. two years. Like I feel like I'm pretty close to where I normally would yeah. be. Obviously, if I was in person, I would have like had a little bit more knowledge than I do now. But it's not like some like plague that's right. like ruined my chances. What are some of the positive memories that stick out to you over the last two years of, of really cool experiences you've had? I really liked, I took AP US History last year, mm -hmm. and so there was a lot of debates that we had in Ooh. class. Debates about topics like industrialization, colonization, all that, just typical topics. Sure, sure, sure. Um, and so there were, there was one about leaders of their industries during the Industrial Revolution, and um, it was just a, it was a massive debate, just one side or the other. So it's like a group of like fifteen people, each working on a side. And for my side, everyone actually like made a whole group chat, and they were like working outside of it, like working on it outside of class, which I really enjoyed. And I, I'm friends with all of them now. So awesome. Yeah. What about you? Any positive memories that stick out? Cool things that you got to do. I think it's pretty much the same thing. I had this one teacher. His name was Mr. Collins. He was literally the best teacher. He cared about like our emotions outside of books, and out, outside of learning. He always said like, um, if you feel like this learning is too much, you can talk to me. You know, he was always there for the students. And so we had this one assignment where it was basically like space, but you got put into this group. And so this was like right about right about to the end of the year. And um, I just had came in person school yeah. and um, I was put with this group of people and we all sat together and they ended up, um, two of them are my best friends right now, they ended up all being friends. We called after school every day and we got like an A plus on the project. It was a really fun um, project, but I think outside of the work that we had to do with the project, we gained like a relationship and we le um, learned from each other and got to see each other's point of view and I wasn't really used to it because we had to be by ourselves or like, you know what I'm saying, like online. Yeah. And so now we're like with other students and I think I really appreciated that. And before I was just like, okay, like it's just another project. Do you have any questions for each other about what the experience has been like at, at kind of different grade levels? I do for you. Okay. So being online in sixth grade, which I feel like, I feel really sorry for you because that's like <laughs> one of the worst years that you could be online. Um, or maybe it's a great year that you could be online for. True. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I feel like one of the biggest aspects of middle school is like meeting people and making new friends. Right. And so being online for sixth grade mm -hmm. is, I feel like would probably take a hit to like your making friends like social. <laughs> yeah your yeah. social life um how do you think your social life is changed from having to do online um i think before we were online I w i'm a very social person <laughs> i can be quiet when i want to be but i can also be very chattery and so it kind of came easy to me to make friends and then when i came in t um from fifth grade to sixth it was kind of weird because like the people around me were kind of closed off and they were like i guess it, just like me they were getting brand new to it and so I did make friends with a few people. And then seventh grade, I was like, okay, everybody come in. We're all going to be friends now. And so I think it's not really like a, like a clique or like a one group that I'm hanging out with. I'm just like associates with everyone because like, why not? Yeah, of course. So, well, that's good. Because yeah. that was one of my worries, talking to a middle schooler. I just, I feel like having to isolate yourself right. from all these people is probably not a great experience, but I'm glad you Right, well. especially since you're yeah. like, you know, not everyone has a cell phone. Yeah. Maybe you're not able to talk to a ton of kids outside of class. Yeah. I could see how that would be hard. Yeah, definitely. I think it, 
I think the people that didn't have a cell phone now maybe do. Yeah. But for those of them that don't, um, I have, I still, that one person that doesn't have one, they still don't have one now, but we email each other and it is, I don't think we thought of that before, but now we do. <laughs> and so we have emailed each other from our Chromebooks. Like if we finish our work on uh, early in class, we just email each other like we're talking. And um, we're not even in the same class. We don't even go to the same school. <laughs> but I do think it's really cool that we get to do that. Um, and I don't know. I think without friends or associates or people to talk to, I wouldn't be able to be where I am right now. I yeah. think I'd feel really closed off and not really as excited about school as I am right now. Any closing thoughts that you have? I feel like the media makes it seem to be a lot more... In, yeah, intense like than it's a it actually super was. Super dire situation. Yeah, it was not like I was like crying in my room every single day, having to type onto a computer. No, um, it definitely wasn't ideal, but it was not. It wasn't a horrible experience at all. Yeah, um, I agree. I think it's the same thing. Um, I think without that experience, I wouldn't be, like I said before, as excited about school as I am right now, and as appreciative as I am. Um, and I think that if I didn't go through that. I kind of wouldn't have the friends that I have now or wouldn't know what I know now. And I wouldn't have the teachers or have the relationship I have with my teachers that I did. Thanks for listening to Teachers Lounge. As always, feel free to nominate a teacher in your life to be on a show. It's how we get all of our great guests. Send them our way to teacherslounge at niu.edu. And wherever you're hearing this podcast, please do subscribe, leave us a rating, share. Anything you can do, it really does help us get more perspectives and more interesting teachers on our show. You can subscribe to the Teacher's Lounge newsletter to keep up to date with everything having to do with the show. You can find a link to do that on this episode's webpage at WNIJ.org. A big thank you to the Northern Illinois band Kindos for the music that you hear in every single episode of the show. Shout out to Spencer Tripp for making our Teacher's Lounge logo. And I have been your host, Peter Medlin, and we'll be back very soon with more Teacher's Lounge.